Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989-898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. How about Chicago? Would you say they need help after this weekend? Do you know the numbers? Did you hear the numbers? Many, many shot, many, many killed. Many, I'm not talking about one, two, was it 18 people killed? I think more than that. And you added up over the summer. This is worse than Afghanistan by far. This is worse than anything anyone's ever seen all run by the same liberal Democrats. And you know what? If Biden got in, that would be true for the country. The whole country would go to hell. And we're not going to let it go to hell. Thank you very much. You know, you know, despite all the negative stuff we hear about Trump, how much of it is true? How much of it is made up by the vermin in the media? How much of it is made up by the rats who are destroying our cities? How much of it is made up by people who hate America? Well, the media has far too much power. They're the problem. The media is the problem in America. So when you get those punks, those anarchists and vermin who are burning, looting, killing uh, things, killing businesses, breaking windows, setting police stations on fire, they have the nerve to call them protesters when they are domestic terrorists who the federal government should round up and sent to Guantanamo Bay with the ACLU lawyers and their mothers. I loved, I saw a story over the week, a mom's march against federal government in Portland. You take a look at the moms. Now you know why the children, the kids, have destroyed downtown Portland, downtown Seattle, etc. Welcome to the Savage Nation for the Monday edition. There are so many stories I have today, it's hard to give it a title for today's show. I guess I would say it's the destruction of America. I guess you would say it's the destruction of America. 
Congress created the virus and then reaped the benefits, according to an article. Oh, yeah. At least a dozen lawmakers who have ties to organizations that receive federal coronavirus aid. One of them is Nancy Pelosi. Oh, now, of course, she said her husband, Paul Pelosi, didn't know anything about the money that they got. Don't you love that one? Well, what money? What are you talking about? What money? No, no, I'm a minor investor. Paul is a minority investor in the company that owns the Eldorado Hotel in the wine country town of Sonoma, California. California, Paul Pelosi uh, has an 8.1% stake in the company. And um, Pelosi's office said the following. The spokesmouth for the office said this. Mr. Pelosi is a minor passive investor in this company, said the Demon Cat Speaker's spokesperson, Drew Hamill. He was not involved in or even aware of this PPP loan. Well, he could always give it back. All the people out listening to the show who didn't know they were getting the money. If you feel embarrassed, you could always send it back. The firm EDI Associates is listed as a recipient of a loan between $350,000 and a million. But he didn't know about it. I'm sure he didn't. He didn't do anything illegal, by the way, because many so-called conservatives got the money, too, by the way. Some of your revered talk show hosts got it on the front companies. Oh, yeah. I love the. Here's the. Look, we know liberals are corrupt. We know they're liars. And we say it every day. But I published a list because my staffer, Dr. Cunningham, did the research of the PPP loans. And we listed them on michaelsavage.com. And some of the loudest mouths in radio and television who scream about limited government and no welfare for the poor had their greasy, sweaty little hands out, taking as much money as they could grift as fast as they could, Dennis. Dennis, another one, a big history professor, jumped over the hedge as fast as he could to grab the gelt. Meanwhile, a protester is claiming lighting Molotov cocktails and throwing them at a federal building is protected by the First Amendment. I would take his lawyer and put him in Guantanamo for that one. Do you think a lawyer should be able to make up a thing like this? The protester, meaning the domestic terrorist, charged with igniting a Molotov cocktail outside the D.C. police station, said it's protected First Amendment speech. Now, I would arrest a lawyer for that. You know, there's a limit to what lawyers should be allowed to do. They've gone too far. And I would say it's enough already. But then again, I'm only a talk show host. I have no power whatsoever. But if you think things are bad, you're right. (laughs) They're going to get worse, though. See, here's the problem. A lot of you are responding to me online on, on socials and saying, boy, your shows are so negative. You're so dark, savage. What happened to you? I think you should ask yourself what happened to America, not what happened to me. I'm a reflection of what's going on in this country. Years ago, I published a book, Liberalism is a Mental Disorder. I should be given a Nobel Prize. But what you don't know is that this book was banned by the European Union over 10 years ago. Did you know that? The title itself was considered hate speech by the European Union who would not permit the book to be sold in Europe. Would you believe this? Okay, because sometimes, you know, things are so nervously true that you got to suppress the truth in order to keep screwing the people. Now, we hear a lot of things about the virus, by the way, and some of it we don't we don't know what to make of it anymore. Guys like Rush Limbaugh tell you it's no more than a little flu and you shouldn't worry about it. You know what I think about uh, that. Then you got people on the other side, like Governor Fraud, uh, the guy, Fauci, Slouchy, Dr. Slouchy. He's telling you uh, everyone's going to get it and we're all going to die from it, basically. So you got two extremes. One panicking you. Notice the more Democrat they are, 
the more liberal they are, the more masks they wear, and the more they are frightened of the virus, and the more they want to control you to wear masks, right? On the other side, we have the libertarians and the hard conservatives who say it's a crock of garbage being orchestrated to destroy Donald Trump. So where does the truth lie, ladies and gentlemen? Well, I want to read something to you that I received from an individual who I respect greatly, who is a member of uh, a former member of I don't think there's anything as a former member, a special forces operative retired. And here's what they think. Here's what he sent me. The U.S. population is 330 million. And in five months, the number of deaths was 130,000. The number of deaths as a percent of the population is zero point oh three nine three nine percent. So that's zero point four percent. Compared to the number of cancer cases diagnosed in 2019, 1.7 million and 607,000 deaths, this doesn't seem far-fetched because it's happening before our eyes. So this is another view of the virus, how millions see the pandemic as a hoax. But he goes on. It's a very well-orchestrated plan or an unimaginable set of events that just fell into place with the United States front and center. You tell me what you think. Scare people with the virus, force them to wear masks, and place them in quarantine. Count the number of dead every second of every day in every news headline. By the way, 99 and 8 tenths of the people who get the virus are covered. About 1 to 2 tenths of 1% who get the virus die. Most all of them have other medical problems. Did you catch that? Less than one half of a percent die. Then close the businesses so you have 35 million instantly unemployed. Remove entertainment and prohibit recreation. Closing parks, gyms, bars, restaurants, sports. No dating, no touching. Isolate people, dehumanize them. Close temples and churches. Prohibit worship and prayer. Create a vacuum and let depression, anxiety, hopelessness, and desperation set in. Then, ignite hatred and civil unrest, creating civil war. Empty the prisons because of the virus and fill the streets with criminals. Send in Antifa to vandalize property as if they are freedom fighters. Undermine the law, riot, loot, and attack all law enforcement, but tell government to order a stand down. Then defund law enforcement and abolish police. He says we are all being played by those who want to destroy America. This is how you destroy a nation from within and in, and in very short order. Will it work? He, he ends by saying, I guess that depends on you and me. He says, I did not write this, but it needs to be shared. Now, I could ask you what you think, but we'll get caught up in a series of left and right on this. But that's another view of the virus. Millions see this pandemic as a hoax. I do not. However, I believe it's being way overplayed by the vermin in the media and the vermin in the left wing government who want to control us. Now, here's another story that. I would say is good news for those of you who want to see good news and hear it. I have one piece of good news. Now, Michael Avenatti, you may remember, remember him. He was a big mouth a couple of years ago. He was going to run for the presidency. Vermin in the media glorified him as some great freedom fighter. He uh, called Trump every name under the sun. Well, now they say he's broken. He can't afford legal fees, according to his lawyer. If you don't know who Avenatti was, you kind of remember him. Because the media worshipped him when he was attacking Trump. Listen to this from the course of last spring when this lowlife lawyer, Avenetti, was invited on national TV for 147 separate interviews with 131 happening on CNN and MSNBC 
two of the worst propaganda outlets in the history of the world. Listen to this. Joining me now live, the man himself, Michael Avenatti. Let's talk to somebody who understands the system very well. Michael Avenatti. He's Donald Trump's worst nightmare. Michael Avenatti. Michael, thanks so much for being Good here. Did you talk to Stormy Daniels last night? What was her reaction? Did the president just get a new challenger for 2020? Stormy Daniels lawyer Michael Avenatti may have just tossed his hat into the ring. Looking ahead to 2020, uh, one reason why I'm taking you seriously as a contender is because of All your right, presence so you on get cable the news. Picture. A loudmouth, a loudmouth shyster lawyer, in my opinion, invited on 131 times on CNN, 147 television shows. Here I am. I'm going to put myself into the picture now. I want to show you what's coming. I've written 28 books. I'm very famous amongst many people. I have a large following. I have a book coming out in September called Our Fight for America, The Battle Continues. I can guarantee you as I sit here, I'll be not invited on one television show. If you're an Antifa terrorist, Fox News calls. If you're an Islamic terrorist who blew up a school with children in it, Fox News and CNN will be banging down your door. But if you're a famous, well, I don't know what to call myself. I'm not a conservative per se. I don't like the term. I would say I'm an independent conservative. You don't see me anywhere, do you? But thank God you can hear me on the Savage Nation. This is the Savage Nation. There are many other stories I will get to. Well, let me leave you with a little t- a tagline. This got to my producer, Jim, over the weekend, who rarely uh, emails me over the weekend. He's busy bowling or something. However, <laughs> Jim relaxes. Jim's a great guy. But, he, you know, usually producers are lazy on the weekends. They, they want to be left alone. It's a tough job that they have. He finally got so mad about this story. He sent it to me Saturday. He said, Okay, what is it, Jim? Convicted child molester who raped a three-month-old gets gender reassignment surgery paid for by the Canadian government. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not living in the end times. We're living in the most insane times in history generated by the most insane liberals the world has ever seen. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. Okay, you know I'm a car guy. You know I've had a Hellcat. And with the ever-increasing numbers of cars like Dodge, BMW, and Volkswagen, and models like the Hellcat, X3, and Jetta, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. We all know that. I'm a car guy, and I'm telling you why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while a counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com right in your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts in a chain store or new car dealership when you could do it at home on your own computer? Now, you may not know this, but chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and reliably low they are. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible, rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Does not require this. You could just do it yourself. RockAuto.com is a family business, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Just go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet sets. 
Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. But best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write SAVAGE in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. That's S-A-V-A-G-E. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Don't stand online in an auto parts store and wait for the hostile clerk to get back to you. Go to rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. It is the Savage Nation. So how would you describe what the show's topic is today? I've introduced so many different topics, and they're all somewhat related. There's a thread through all of them. So let me summarize it. I was thinking over the weekend, this Black Lives Matter, how grating it is to so many people, because it doesn't refer to the human race. It refers to one race, which is somewhat troublesome in a nation like ours we are a polyglot nation so people have said all all lives matter and they get beaten up for it people put out blue lives matter they get beaten up for it something's wrong with that picture so i said how do i counter such a difficult situation such as the black lives matter issue when we know that black lives matter was founded by two hardcore marxists they admit it on their own website Anyone who studies this knows who they are. Anyone who studies who funds them knows that the people funding Black Lives Matter, like George Soros, hate this nation. I want to destroy it. He would disagree with that, of course, and say he just wants fairness. But how fair is it to say only one race matters? How fair is that? So I was alone all weekend, you know, with my normal self. But I was busy because I had my work and I had my depression to keep me company. But I've said before, my depression is a full-time job. But instead of fighting my depression, what I've done is I write, I paint, I create stuff with it. And I woke up after a nap, a troubled nap, and the phrase, my life matters, popped out of my head. My subconscious helped me and maybe others. Because I realized that if I said my life matters... That cannot be construed as racist, can it? Even by the most manipulative left-wing fools out there. Because my life does matter. That means your life matters. And so I said, steal this slogan. Make t-shirts and bumper stickers. Just give credit to those to who created it, me. I don't even need the credit. I really don't care. Mylifematters.com. 
does your life matter? There's something wrong with this whole picture. Really bad. Meanwhile, as of this writing, the national debt has exploded exponentially. The border with Mexico is being overrun. Hordes of illiterate, non-skilled are coming over the border, many with babies in their arms. They are America's future, and it does not bode well for our nation. Shall I repeat that paragraph so you may twist it out of context? Those liberals listening to the show who are the most evil people I've ever seen in my life. As of this writing, the national debt has exploded exponentially. Now they want to expand the $600 a week to the deadbeats out there. Well, you could say, well, let them go get a job. There are no jobs. What do you think is going to happen right after the election, no matter who wins? I will tell you right now, within six months, if that long, we are in a major Great Depression. There is no keeping it off. It's impossible. Right now, both parties are manipulating the currency to make you think that there is free stuff. There's no such thing as a free lunch. And someone is going to pay that 600 a week. And it's going to be you, the sucker, who still has a job and still has withholding taxes withdrawn out of your uh, paycheck. And as for the hordes of illegal aliens coming over the border with babies in their arms, who do you think is taking care of them and paying for them, sucker? You are. But that problem hasn't gone away. It's only gotten worse because the left-wing vermin are trashing our cities to distract our federal forces. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Welcome back to the Savage Nation. Maybe I should change my voice to a higher pitch and sound like I'm on laughing gas. Mickey Mouse getting dental work. I hear that that voice is very popular amongst millennials. If you sound too much like a man with a deep voice, they turn the show off, I guess, because America's changed into a feminist nation. So if you sound like a Mickey Mouse on, on laughing gas, that could be assumed to be very intellectual. Oh, here's another story. I, I got this from a friend. San Francisco has a number of very expensive neighborhoods. One of them is called Knob Hill. You got great hotels, the great cathedral up there, Grace Cathedral. You got uh, the Fairmont Hotel. And there is a hotel named the Mark Hopkins. One of the most beautiful and expensive luxury hotels on the West Coast. Everyone knows that hill. Did you know that the city of San Francisco is sending their guests from the prisons and from the streets and the gutters to that hotel on Knob Hill in a jail bus? We published a picture on michaelsavage.com of a jail bus arriving with metal screens and bars and... Uh, out come the homeless bums, prisoners, and after they check in, the city pays for their alcohol and marijuana deliveries. Well, why are they being put in a luxury hotel? Because the city government under Mayor Breed, under the guise of housing essential COVID medical teams and responders, is secretly placing homeless bums in luxury hotels. According to one nearby resident on Knob Hill, which is now called Slob Hill, who wished to remain anonymous, some of the Mark Hopkins guests were actually prison inmates released early from a correctional facility due to COVID. Can you believe if you're a hardworking guy out there or a woman holding down two jobs or three, that you're paying 
for street bums to live in a luxury hotel? There's more to the story, and I will tell you more about it as time goes on, but it doesn't get crazier than that, does it? Yes, it does. It does get crazier than that. Now, here's another story, and I don't know how to do this. Convicted child molester who raped three-month-old girl gets gender reassignment surgery and paid for by a Canadian government. You say, well, that's Canada. No, same thing in California. That's right. Under Governor Brown, sex surgery was paid for. Remember, it was was once debated. Do you understand something? What do you do? I keep saying, do you understand something? It was a rhetorical question. Of course you do. I'll tell you how the whole society started to melt down. It's a very complicated riddle in one way, and then it's simple in another. Once the sexual revolution occurred, everything devolved from there. The entire society unraveled after the 60s sexual revolution, which taught you if it feels good, do it. And we predicted that one day people would be sleeping with dogs in the street and say it's normal. We're not there yet so far as we know. But then again, San Francisco has not yet divulged the complete truth about what they're doing in the streets. Okay, so a convicted child molester who raped a three-month-old boy has undergone gender reassignment surgery, complete with DD breast implants, according to the Toronto Sun. Tara D'Souza was just 17 when she was known as Adam Laboucan and declared Canada's youngest dangerous offender for the horrific sex crime. D'Souza sexually assaulted a three-month-old baby boy in Kesnell, British Columbia. The brutally injured baby required reconstructive surgery because the damage to the boy's body was so horrific. After raping the baby, I'm not going to read anymore. I'm not going to read anymore. Now 36 years old, DeSousa is on CanadianInmatesConnect.com and looking for love, where the creature says, quote, I am a transgender woman, and I was born a man, but now after surgery, I became a full woman. DeSousa writes on her profile, sorry, I have a vagina, not a penis, and also have 720 cc's DD gel implants. The Ontario and federal governments routinely pay for gender reassignment surgery. It's all got to do with sex. The entire meltdown of the country began with the brainwashing about sexual liberation. And now on to another story in the Savage Nation. You've probably all been following that horrible story about the federal judge in New Jersey, Esther Salas, whose son was shot dead and whose husband was wounded critically while she was in the basement doing whatever she was doing. Apparently, somebody used a FedEx uniform to ring the doorbell and their 20-year-old son, who harmed nobody in his life, answered the door, was shot dead, killed instantly, a shot in the heart. The gunman also blasted Salas's husband, who himself is a prominent attorney, Mark Anderi. Now, what's odd about this is the initial report said this judge had worked on several high-profile cases and was recently assigned a class action suit from Deutsche Bank investors who claimed the company failed to promote to monitor high-risk customers, including late pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. So initially, we all thought this had to do with the Epstein case, right? That was the, a logical assumption. I was like, ah, they killed the judge's family. They meant to get her. Son answered the door, didn't know where she was. So they sent the message to her anyway, uh, blah, blah, blah. Well, now the man who 
possibly killed her son and shot her husband was found dead. And you'll never believe the rest of the story. If it turns out to be him, his name is Roy Den Hollander. And apparently it's not a mob hit. Because at first I thought, this is right out of The Sopranos. DHS, DSL. Remember in The Sopranos, if you're a fan of The Sopranos show, many of you are or were, when uh, the gang in New Jersey wants to kill someone, they sent in two zips from Italy who could hardly speak English, and they ring the doorbell of a house that they think is the, the, the person they're supposed to knock off, and uh, they ring the bell and say, DSL, and the girl answers the door and they kill her. And she screams, Daddy! And he comes down and they kill him. Of course, they killed the wrong people. They were out to get the, whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is that a lot of these people are using delivery services as fronts to either break in or, in this case, kill. So at first, I thought it was a, you know, a professional assassin. But now they're identifying the shooter as Manhattan lawyer Roy Den Hollander. Now, who is this guy? Lawyer Hollander, a self-avowed anti-feminist lawyer, had a case pending before Judge Salas challenging the military's male-only draft policy. Well, what the hell is this about? It's very hard to follow this story, to be frank with you, but I don't know what in the world this lawyer, if he is the one who killed his boy and shot the father, why would he have done this? Can anyone out there help me figure this story out? Men's rights lawyer eyed in shooting of New Jersey judge's family, according to the Daily Beast. And then this guy, Roy Den Hollander, was found dead of a self-inflicted gunshot wound after the crime. I don't know why he would do this. Does anyone have any concept of why this would happen? It has nothing to do with Jeffrey Epstein, nothing to do with Deutsche Bank. But this is another twist to the story. This lawyer who killed himself after doing this, if he did it, comes one week after the violent death of another prominent men's rights figure, Mark Angelucci, an attorney who worked on similar cases to Lawyer Hollander, who was found shot dead in his house in San Bernardino. I don't understand this. According to a GoFundMe account under his name and his Facebook page, this lawyer, Hollander, had recently battled cancer and seems to be angry with his medical care. Can anyone tell me why that would trigger him doing a thing like this? Nine alleged followers of the Hippocratic Oath sent me Roy Den Hollander on an end-of-life horror crossing the river sticks that one cancer doctor said would end during the holiday season of 2019. Hopefully, things improve once I reach the other side. For years, this lawyer had filed suits alleging that women get unconstitutional special treatment, pushing to outlaw ladies' nights at bars and women's studies programs at universities. I don't understand this. According to his website, it appears his foray into the men's rights movement was sparked by his marriage to a Russian woman... He met while working for the investigative firm Kroll Associates in the late 90s. He alleges she was really a prostitute who swindled him. I have no comment on that, uh, that a Russian emigre would actually be a prostitute. Let's let that hang in the air. That, that's unheard of and shocking to say a thing like that. Just shocking to it. allege that. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. I don't understand this case at all. Nothing makes sense. The whole thing doesn't make sense. Gunman suspected of shooting N.J. Judge's family is ID'd as a lawyer. I don't know. You know, the world is so crazy. It's hard to figure anything out anymore. Just very hard to figure anything out. Man busted in connection to brick attack on NYPD cop. 
Do you know in my day, if you assaulted a cop, what happened to you? Do you have any idea what happened to you if you fought, if you fought a cop? Does anyone is anyone listening to the show over the age of 60? Even the criminals knew not to kill a cop. Because they knew that if you killed a cop or hurt a cop, the whole city would grind to a halt. And I used to ask my father, was a simple business guy, small businessman. I said, Dad, why does the whole city come to a halt if the bad guys attack a cop? He said, because the gangs at that time are all in illegal activities, drugs, prostitution, gambling. And that if you hurt a cop, the cops control the city. They shut down every illegal operation in that city and no money came into the criminals and their organizations until the perpetrator was found. You understand how it worked? I know you say, well, okay. Yeah, well, that's how it worked. And the country was a lot safer then than it is today. Where there doesn't seem to be any sense of order. Now, I could launch into a tirade of what will happen if Joe Biden wins, which will be a simple statement. If, thing, if you think things are bad now, you're right. But wait until you see what would happen if you put Biden and that horrible anti-male human being, the vice president in, whatever her name is, Elizabeth Warren. I don't even want to use the phrase Focahontas. I think that's old and useless. She is a horrible, dangerous Marxist right through her fingernails. They will defund police. The crime waves you see in New York, Chicago, and elsewhere where left-wing idiots are running the cities. The whole country will be like that. Here we are, the savage nation. I worry about our kids wearing masks. I see little kids, three, four, walking around town in masks. How are they going to grow up normal? How can they grow up normally if they're forced to wear a mask day and night? Do you realize how scared these kids must be about, quote, catching the virus from their scaredy-pants parents? It's really frightening, by the way. Twelve cops injured, buildings damaged as Seattle protest turns violent. Did you hear about that? They are domestic terrorists. They are not protesters. A dozen Seattle cops were injured when a downtown protest against police brutality and U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement turned violent on Sunday. The so-called peaceful demonstration, by the way, folks, there is no such thing as a peaceful demonstration when it comes to this. The street thugs are part of that demonstration, and they send out the stupid drug-addicted girls first, and then the violent leftists come up with bats. They damage courthouses. They damage court buildings. They target the stores. They lob mortar-style fireworks at cops from close range. My friends, this has to stop. The police need to be unleashed on these left-wing vermin before this country burns to a ground. They are not protesters. They are domestic terrorists. The DHS should take them off in unmarked cars and take them to Gitmo. And then when the ACLU files a charge... Take the ACLU lawyers, the ACLU lawyers, and send them to Cuba for a vacation so they can work with their clients on a regular basis. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. This just came out that you're not going to believe. I have told you liberalism is a mental disorder. I've told you most of them are sick perverts, didn't I? 
This just came out in a way, I don't know how to tell you the story. Family time with Mrs. Stephanopoulos, watching pornography with the children. This is a man, George Stephanopoulos, who has been a left-wing hack his whole life, paid millions of dollars a year to spit on America. But according to this article, his wife's latest admission should have you wondering whether the Stephanopoulos family knows what's in your kid's best interest because they tell you about school, don't they? In a recent podcast interview, comedian Ali Wentworth, who has been married to George Stephanopoulos since 2001, opened up about her insane parenting methods involving educating her kids about pornography. But what else does she do? Mrs. George Stephanopoulos told her Hollywood friend that she watches pornography with her children. Wentworth, who has two daughters with the Good Morning America anchor, claimed, you can't stop them, so I would watch it with them. I would look at the porn with them that one time, like they're performing, oh, that's wonderful. Now you know why the country is burning. It's because of scum like George Stephanopoulos and his friends in the major media. A pox upon all of them. The Westwood One Podcast Network. Fans of the spoken word, welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. It is the crazy nation. The country has gone from being a savage nation to a crazy nation, and we know the left says it's all because of Donald Trump, but you know it's them. They've had a motto for 50 years, bring it all down, man. Started with the sexual revolution, preceded, of course, by the communist uh, movement here in America, who knew that sex would be the linchpin to uncouple America from its moral roots, after which point you can then destroy the entire edifice and bring it all down like a ton of bricks, which they are doing. So we wake up this morning and we see a minor article, George Stephanopoulos, that's sneering Dwarf on ABC News, left-wing operative Democrat. All right, he's allowed to be that. Many are. Wake up this morning. We found that his wife went on a podcast recently. Her name is Wentworth. She has two daughters with the Good Morning America midget, George Stephanopoulos, and she said she watched pornography with her, with her daughters when they were children. It was in the ch- children's best interest. In a recent podcast interview, George Stephanopoulos' wife married to him since 01, which is shocking unto itself, talked about her insane concept of educating her daughters about pornography by watching it with them. Fun for the whole family, huh, George? Wentworth has two daughters with the Good Morning America liar, said, quote, you can't stop them, so I would watch porno with them. I would look at the porn with them that one time like they're performing. What? 
she added, in pornography, women have been conditioned to look and act a certain way. They're performing and it's dangerous that boys see this is something women want. Okay, so you watch pornography with your daughters? Look, liberalism is a mental disorder. I've said that for years. That's a given. But now when you have a woman who's married to one of the most prominent liars in the history of the media saying they watch porn with their daughters, why is ABC News not firing George Stephanopoulos? I have a question for you. If a prominent conservative had a wife who went on a a podcast and said that they watched pornography with their children, tell me if that conservative would have the radio or TV show the next day. Moreover, tell me if Child Protective Services wouldn't take the children away from that couple. This is so crazy. This is like saying you catch your daughter snorting coke in the bedroom and you go and you say, honey, let me snort it with you because I want to show you how bad it is. Or you find your son shooting up heroin, God forbid. And what do you do? You go in the bedroom and you share the needle with him and you tell him it's bad for him. These are sick people. These are mentally disturbed people, and they're running the American world of Hollywood, entertainment, and the media. And now you know why America is in such trouble. It's not Donald Trump. It's the psychosis of liberalism. I guess I should take some calls right now because I've talked an awful lot, and I would like some of the listeners out there to talk a little bit. Let's go to Virginia where Pete awaits us. Pete, go ahead. You're on the Savage Nation. Hello, Dr. Savage. What's on your mind? Street. Yeah, I called because uh, I wanted to uh, inject something here. Uh, the rise of sociopathy. I mean, we have the pandemic. It's worse than a virus. It's worse than global warming. But it's the rise of sociopathy among the citizens. And there's no inoculation for that. Uh, it's do it. Wait, you're saying that the, the lockdowns have produced sociopathy in the people? Yeah, uh, just uh, uh, the degeneration of society. In other words, the uh, lack of uh, the infrequency of uh, uh, religion, you know. uh. Yeah, I mean, I know where you're coming from. Of course, once you take God out of the classroom and you kick down the uh, cathedral, then anything goes, whatever you feel like doing. It feels good, do it. You want to screw a door, go ahead. Exactly. Make my day. I mean, that's what they're doing, basically. So then after they have all the sex, all the drugs, and all the rock and roll that they want, they then start to destroy the cities, the streets. Then they attack the police, who are the red lights in our society. Break down the red lights, and then you could do whatever you want. Yes, it's all interconnected, 100%. So what are we going to do about it? Just sit here and complain about it? We have to back Donald Trump 100% when he sends in federal troops into Portland. You agree with that, don't you, that they need to be taken off the streets, the terrorists? I definitely do. I mean, do you know Do you know that the mayor of Portland himself, a left-wing a hater and a radical, wants the federal troops kicked out of Portland, Oregon, when his own city uh, is burning? Right. What does that tell you about the mayor of Portland? He's one of the terrorists. He's a sociopath. Trump is going to send federal agents to all major cities, mm-hmm. not just Portland. Do you agree with that or disagree with it? I agree. I agree. That has to be done. There's no alternative. Correct. It's long overdue, and I thank you for the call. We agree on that a thousand percent. This is Michael Savage, where my motto is, my life matters. Is the destruction of America being orchestrated? Did Congress create the virus A just to benefit themselves? I don't know. Ask Nancy Pelosi. Ask the Republicans who themselves or their families or their front companies got 
I don't know, millions of dollars? What do you think about that? Okay, you don't care about that. I don't blame you. Uh, There's a couple of other articles I could talk about, but I don't want to agitate you any more than you already are on this Monday, right? Nah, I don't think so. So let me open it up to the callers. Let's go to Giovanna in Marin. Giovanna, welcome. You're on the Savage Nation. What's your topic? Michael, as you know, we are in a spiritual warfare for our minds, our bodies, and, and, and our souls. And it's been going on for a long time, and it's so obvious now. And we have to fight with the power of God. And you have that power in you. You are so connected to the Spirit of God that gives you the intuition and the wisdom to share with all of us. And especially with the event that happened to you in December, I know that events like that can even make you more astute. So I, I Well, I don't want to harp on the emergency room and the heart thing, but the truth is... Uh, as the doctor was wheeling me into the ER room, he said to my wife afterwards, he said he was mumbling the whole time. Did I tell you that story? I think you did. I was on the gurney being wheeled in there. I was, you know, they drugged me up, rushed me in to save my life. And he said afterwards, he said, your husband was mumbling the whole way into the, into surgery. So when I heard that, I said, doctor, I wasn't mumbling. I was praying to God, both in Hebrew and in English. It shows you how disconnected doctors are from the spiritual. But, you know, I will say this. Without the surgery, I wouldn't be alive, I don't think, right? So, you know, it's a combination of two things. The surgeons are geniuses on the body. And the religious people, the wonderful people in the world of religion, keep our spirits refreshed and alive. And we need both, don't we? Because we're not just one or the other. We're not merely spiritual beings, nor are we merely physical beings. We are both. And it's a combination of both that will save us. It's, it's, the, it's actually spirit that will save America. It will be a spiritual revival that will save the country. Okay? So, I don't know what you're saying. I have the, the right to lead it or something. I don't want to lead anything. I don't think God put me to lead anything. Do you? And, and the wisdom, because you're so connected with your spirit. I mean, we all can be connected. Well, I don't know. Then I'm self-glorification, you know, and I, I don't want to go down the road. But, okay, let me tell you a story. Everything with me has to be answered with a, a riddle of a story. So here's a story. So I told you last week after the newest threat from the lunatic, and by the way, many police agencies are looking into it, and uh, I don't know whether they'll find this person or persons. I hope they do, because he also threatened the president of the United States and his children. Very serious. It's beyond a talk show host. And I think that they're using every resource known to the police agencies to catch this person and put them away. They need to be taken off the streets. All right. So I called the security agency and one of the gentlemen came out to visit me last week and we discussed my security needs. It turns out he had many years on a tax squad in one of the most crime-ridden areas in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I told you some of the stories he told me that didn't make it to the newspaper because of the rats in the newspaper business. You know how the two teens broke into a religious Jewish family's home while they were praying and were going to rape both women after robbing their car. Uh, And I was so upset by the story, I told it on the radio. But during my discussion with him, we talked about soul. Because he himself is a religious man. 
And we got into discussing soul, and the word neshama came up. Neshama, which is a Hebrew word for the soul. And as I, I laid down to bed that night, it's funny, some words started to come back to me, not in my sleep, but before going to sleep, almost in a chant. And I kept hearing the words, Gita Neshima, Gita Neshima, Gita Neshima, Gita Neshima. Words from my childhood, and I, I remembered them. It was my father whispering to people about good people. If he wanted to say something good about a woman or a man, he would whisper to a person in a nice way that he is a, she is a Gita Neshima, a good soul. Gita means good. Neshima means soul in probably the Lithuanian Yiddish that he spoke. I don't know, he was Russian, but my suspicion is there are many, many varieties of these ancient languages, many dialects. So when he wanted to say somebody was a good soul, he would say he's a Gitanashima, a good soul, right? So we've all recognized there are good souls and evil souls. We all know that. There's another word from the old language that doesn't translate very well. When you say that somebody's a miaskite, a mean person, an ugly person, that's not related to their soul necessarily, but we all know there are good souls and bad souls, and we also know that things can make people good or bad. You can take a bad soul and make it a good soul. You can take a good soul and poison and make it a bad soul. On a psychological level, I remember Freud wrote, no, it was not Freud, it was Jung. Jung wrote that a psychiatrist has a very difficult job because the psychiatrist's consciousness is comparable to a clear stream. And he said, when you're talking to sick people or ill people every day of your life, what you're doing is taking the garbage from their psyche into your psyche. And what you're doing is polluting your own clear stream with their poison. You get it? And that is why there's so much dysfunction amongst mental health workers. Why there's so much suicide amongst mental health workers. Because they can't take the, the negativity, the garbage that's dumped into their brain uh, uh, from their patients. Now, that's neither here nor there. I'm just, you know, talking with you now. We're just having a conversation. Mainly a monologue is what it comes down to. But remember, there are good people. There's good souls. Gita Nishima, good souls. We all know them. We meet them. We can almost feel it. Or can we? We can also be easily deceived. There's a show on Netflix that I'm watching with some interest called Dirty John. I'm going to spend a couple of minutes on it. It was a series written by the L.A. Times about a serial liar named, um, I don't know, Moynihan. I don't know his name, some Irish name. No derogatory uh, intent in saying Irish name, but I forget the Irish name. So there was a guy who meets a woman, 59 years old. She's a, got an established business. She's an interior designer. She's lonely. She goes online and she meets a guy who presents himself as a surgeon, an anesthesiologist who wants to date her. Well, he comes over to our house in the scrubs and he looks dirty and he says he's an anesthesiologist. Immediately, her daughters distrust the guy. They, don't, they read him right away as a bad one. And their daughters are in their 20s at the time. Anyway, the whole show evolves that he looks like a nice guy, like a doctor who says he was in Iraq and the scars on his body are from Iraq. All a lie. He is a serial philanderer, but worse than that, he's a con man who finds women with money and steals the money from them. And I started to watch this. First, I thought it was like a typical chick flick, and it was kind of enjoyable to me anyway. I, mean, I kind of like watch some of these channels. I enjoy them. They're well done. And I want to see how some of the soap operas work. They're good entertainment. Gets my mind off politics at night. But as I'm watching it, 
I start to get so upset by this guy's behavior because I've met people just like him who were not setting me up to uh, to marry me, so to speak, but they were con men nevertheless just like him. People who you trust, who you think are good souls, but they're the opposite. They're purely evil. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. It is the uh, Savage Nation. So I was talking about con men. And I'm sure some of you listening to this show have been victimized by con men. I'm just shifting gears a little bit to something personal. Bad people who look like they're good people. Now, I knew someone like this. I've known a few of them in my life, and I won't go into details. One of them was in my direct family. The individual has since passed away. This individual conned everyone in the family out of money with fake investments, but he was one of the most charming people you would ever meet. Have you been conned? You, the listeners of the Savage Nation, who was, don't give me the names. Or, better yet, are you a con man or a con woman who has specialized in deceiving people your whole life? You care to tell us about it, how you do it? How do you get into their heads? How do you get people to trust you so much that you can take everything they own? Or in the case of a man trying to get to a woman, I mean, to take her wealth, are you a con man or are you a con woman? How does it work? What's your psychological MO? How do you do it? What should we be on guard for if you're a con man or a con woman? If you care to, let's say, I'm sorry I did it kind of thing. Listening to the show are a lot of people. What would you tell them about con men? How do they work? How do they get into your psyche? What should you be on the lookout for to not be conned? I think that would be an interesting subject. Remember, this is the savage nation where my life matters. And we're asking, is the destruction of America being orchestrated? Some would say yes. There's some good news out there as well. And there's a lot of very negative news out there. And if you don't know there's negative news, you're what's known as a Pollyanna or an ostrich with your head in the sand. Because it's not very good out there right now. It's pretty bad. Phone number is 855-400-7282. 855-400-SAVAGE. Back in a minute to take your calls. Michael Savage, a host like no other. All right, so we've gone from politics, etc., to a TV show I was watching, and it came to the broader question of con men. Now, remember what con man means, confidence man. Been written about uh, from the beginning of time. And I will remind you that most politicians are con men and con women. They wouldn't be in politics otherwise because the very nature of politics is that of conning the public into thinking that they are something that they are not. Remember that. So we're always disappointed in our politicians no matter who they are because they all lie to us. Do you understand that? Do you understand how that works? They say that they're for the poor when they're the richest people on earth. They say that they got PPP money but they didn't know about it. Their husband got it but didn't know about it. Things like that. Uh, and it's not limited to the Democrats alone. Okay, con men, con men, con men. So I then turned it over to you and said, are you a con man? Were you ever conned? Or are you a con man or woman? What can you tell people about what to look for so you can help some people not get screwed? I'm going to take some calls now because I think this is what makes for great radio. San Jose, Carl, line one. Go ahead, please. What's your con story? Hello. 
Carl, are you there? Yes or no? Gone with the wind. Okay, he's in the wind. We don't know where he went. We will now go to Quentin somewhere in California on line three. Quentin, you're on the air. What's your con story? Uh, yeah, Michael, uh, short time listener. Love your love your show. I wish I could have seen you at uh, some of your uh, trips to uh, North Beach. Anyway, yeah, I met a woman <laughs> in 2006. Uh, Wait, is there a still a North Beach left? Uh, I haven't been there. Well, no, I was there for work. Uh, for Half work. the stores are boarded up. Yeah. Half the restaurants I used to go to went out of business. They couldn't survive the shutdowns. But uh, tell me about the con person that you met. Yeah, I'd I'd been divorced for a couple years, met a woman, um, had a six-year-old daughter at the time. She befriended me. Um, I fell in love, and uh, she wanted to spend time with me and my daughter. Eventually, the subject of a business came up. And uh, oddly enough, shortly afterwards, I received a sizable divorce settlement from my ex-wife, who she had the career. And uh, within five months, $100,000 was gone. And I don't understand what you said. She had the money, or did I not hear you correctly? No, no, ex-wife. She was the one with the career, so so I got a decent um, divorce settlement from the ex-wife. So actually, you conned them? No, come on. I stayed home. I, I gave up my career to be a stay-home dad, and that didn't work out. And that that was. I think I got conned by by by, by the, what? By giving up your livelihood? Pardon me? By giving up your livelihood? Uh, pretty much. I mean, I wasn't a real career-oriented person, but I supported her for most of the time she was in graduate school. And then, are, are you a denizen of San Francisco? Pardon me? Do you live in San Francisco? No, no, I'm calling from out in the Far East Bay, Tri-Valley area. I do not live in San Francisco. Oh, 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 I thought you were one of the cafe regulars. No, 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 just one cafe I used to go to with a girlfriend of mine, and... Uh, a fantastic place. So, oh, okay, so what advice would you give anyone listening to the show? How did they avoid being conned? Well, you know, you've got to be really, really careful. You meet someone you don't even know. Um, the subject of money comes up. You either run away or you just uh, say, sorry, I don't. Uh, you know, I may have even said something when we first met. Uh, I, I'm sure I let something slip where I was recently divorced. Um, you've got to be careful what you say. Oh, 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 so you're saying she knew you were a good mark. I think so. I think I think she spotted me right away. Um, well, I'm sorry to hear it, but thank you for sharing uh, your story. All right, California. Again, we're getting a lot of people have been conned in the state of California. If you've been conned by anyone, I prefer to hear from an actual con man, incarcerated or not incarcerated. If you feel like giving up uh, some of your tricks of the trade to warn people off. Go ahead. I mean, maybe you can help somebody and, you know, get some uh, heaven points for it. Yvonne in California, line eight. Go ahead, please. Thank you, Dr. Savage. Um, this has been eating away at my soul. Uh, my mother is in her 80s. She lost everything she had. And even beyond that, she reverse mortgaged her home and gave it all to the scammers. It began with a dating site she went on. She's 80 years old, was very lonely, wanted to find a companion, and this guy told her he was a jeweler. And Wait, what, What's the beeping every two minutes? Like a, a big, we're getting a beeping from you. Are you in, in a prison? No, no. Okay, so the guy, the guy, your mother was 80, lonely, went on a dating site. Guy comes along. How old was he? Who knows? I mean, these people, this is why I want to share. I think a lot of these dating people, dating sites, 
have fraudulent people on there. They put a fake picture on there, and then the people think that they're real people. I mean, you can. Oh, so your mother never met him. She never met him. She just sent the money. Never met him. But then he. So she thought, well, I'll just talk to him on the phone. Well, they would talk, right? And the guy would have like this weird accent from another country. Uh, and I. Again, a beep. On, what? I'm getting the beeping from you like a weirdo, like a beep, like a phone beep. I, I don't know why. All right. So he conned your mother on how much money? 600000 How? Why did she give it to him? Because he kept saying he needed money to get out of prison and he needed because he was a jeweler and they, they, he was trying to ship some, you know, it's always a fake story. And uh, she just felt like it was like a snowball effect where she felt like if she didn't give him more, he wasn't going to give it back. That was what she, her excuse was. But wh- wait, why would she give a complete stranger money? Because she was old and vulnerable? I think, and you know this, you're a doctor, too, of, of the mind. And I think the elderly have a loss of judgment. Yeah, I've tried to tell some friends I know that um, the first sign of old age, the first thing that goes is not senility. It's not memory. People are confused. It's judgment. I learned this in graduate school. The first thing that people lose when they're older is not their memory, but their judgment. Judgment is the first faculty that goes in older people. I have some elderly friends who've lost their judgment. They don't know it, though. They still think that they're smarter than Albert Einstein. And they try to impose their will on people. And I'm trying to say to some of them, you're losing your judgment here. And they don't listen to you. Yeah, she relies on me to make a lot of decisions for her. We found out, the whole way we found out about this was we were going on her computer to clean it up, and we found a promissory note on her computer, and then we knew there was something wrong. A promissory note from him to her? Yes. Oh, a fake note. Yep. She didn't know that the note had no value? No. It's worse than Bitcoin, in other words. Right. It's about on the same level as Joe Biden saying he won't raise taxes. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's on the same level as Joe Biden saying I have a memory. Same level as Joe Biden saying I love the police. Yeah. Okay. Same level as Joe Biden making believe he's an ordinary, uh, uh, you know, factory ty- type of guy. I get it. Uh, on the same level as Nancy Pelosi saying she loves illegal immigrants. Yes. <laughs> well, at least you still have a sense of humor. Where is your mother these days? Well, I got her out of the reverse mortgage and, and made her move into a smaller home. But the one thing I want to share with the listeners is I was on her bank account as a joint person, and they never called me that they all these wires were going out, and they told me they could not do well, it. Well, you know what the banks are. you got to keep an eye on all of them. I'm sorry for your story. Thanks for the call, 855-407-282. We're getting a lot of con calls right now, which is certainly better than listening to politicians. Because as you well know, you know, there's a famous painting called The Politician, which I referenced on this show over the years, and it's hanging in one of the museums. I forget which one. And it shows a man in a good suit with a top hat. And he's in a, um, oh, let's say uh, it's during the colonial era in America or shortly thereafter. And he's around a coal stove in a general store somewhere. And it's all the local farmers and tradesmen in there. You know, tattered clothing, whatever, and they're smoking pipes. And he's giving them a speech about what he's going to do for them. 
And the painting was called the, 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 uh, the politician. It could have been called the con man. But there was also a short story uh, by the same title called uh, The Confidence Man. Anyone know who wrote it? Anyone know who wrote the con- You look it up. You see, the, you can't give out a question for a prize. Anyway. Anyone looks it up in two seconds, they know the answer. We have on the line a former con man, self-described former man who uh, was a confidence man. Robert in Las Vegas, thank you for calling. Tell us your story, if you will, please. Yes, Mr. Savage. Uh, when I was in college, I played football. I didn't really have time to work. <clears throat> what I would do for food, because I was a walk-on in a college, I, uh, I would go around to the grocery stores and I would let them know, hey, I accidentally left a bag of uh, groceries here. And if they asked me, hey, do you have your receipt? I said, well, I think the receipt was in the bag. And it worked. I mean, I, I would walk around. I would fill my refrigerator completely full, be able to feed me, myself, and a few of even other, other of my teammates. With so are you still guilty over this? Pardon me? Are you still guilty over this? Oh, I, I would... I mean, I have, I'm a man of, with children now, and I would never, I, I feel completely, you know, it's not, it's not a good thing. But, I mean, I could literally go up to um, a fast food joint to say, hey, you guys put, you know, you did something to this, and I would be able to get a free cheeseburger or a taco or whatever. And it, my, my mother didn't even believe me that how, how I was feeding myself, and I showed her one day. I went and got a complete. All right, I would say this is. I'm not going to sit here as judge, jury, and hangman, but I mean, wouldn't put that on a large scale. In a sense, you said you were feeding yourself. And you could justify feeding yourself. If a person's starving, they'll do a lot of things. But while you're starving, I don't know. It's interesting you bring up that story because in this TV show I was referencing uh, called Dirty John, it shows how his father, who was a certifiably low level gangster, warped this child's mind and turned him into what he is. This is the interesting part of that show. So it shows him, for example, as a young teenager in a restaurant, a Mexican restaurant with his father. They order the food. Then the father says, now be strong. And he takes a piece of glass out and puts it into the kid's food. The kid bites into the food and chews it until his mouth bleeds. And they scream, oh! And then the kid's mouth's bleeding. And the next scene is they're in a car, the father and him, in a replay. And he says, you're a good kid. You're strong. Look what we got out of it. They settled with me. And he gave him like a couple hundred dollars to make the case go away. And he says to the kid, you're a tough boy, just like your dad. He says, uh, look at that. Your mouth was bleeding and you didn't even cry. You're going to be a good man when you grow up. So what I learned from that is we really are in many ways a product of our parents. In many, many ways, we really are. Now, uh, You know, there was a a protest in Portland the other day last night from so-called the moms of these rioters who created a human chain to block federal troops from arresting their dirty, stinking, rotten, terroristic brats. You look at the mothers and you'll see most of them are worse than their children. Home of Borders. Language. Culture. The Savage Nation. So listen to this. You know, I start with My Life Matters. I talk about Congress creating virus aid then reaping the benefits by robbing the PPP money. And we go into the whole thing where the protesters are not protesters, they're domestic terrorists. So they're all con men in a way. So I decided today's title is The Con Men Amongst Us, Left, Right, and Center. So listen to what I just found. Remember I referenced a novel 
by the name The Con Man, The Confidence Man. It was written by Herman Melville, one of the greatest authors in American history. He wrote Moby Dick, War and Peace. I mean, he wrote Moby Dick, okay? So The Confidence Man was written, published in 1857. Listen to this. This novel was the last to be published during Melville's lifetime, and it reveals the author's pessimistic view of an America grown tawdry through greed, self-delusion, and lack of charity. And I said, oh my God, now you know why this man was such a great novelist. He was a seer, and he was so ahead of his time. So The Confidence Man uh, is a despairing satire on an America corrupted by the shabby dreams of commerce. It's set in a steamboat traveling on the Mississippi River, and it's a set of vignettes of various passengers, some tricksters, some dupes, who show us a gullible American public that can be deceived by charlatans and by the lure of easy money. <sighs> if that's not as appropriate in the current today as it was then, boy, was Herman Melville ahead of his time, wouldn't you say? Let's take one last call. John in Queens, quickly, line three. Go ahead, please. Hey, Doc, two things. <clears throat> one, uh, I worked uh, uh, audit and financial compliance. I worked with a lot of different types of uh, uh, situations where uh, suspects were separated from their money. Uh, people were separated their money from con men. Uh, <clears throat> usually the person is older and is vulnerable. They're very hungry. They're angry. They're lonely. They're tired. They're taken down at a moment in their life, and you were 100% right. These folks are very, very, uh, it's not their uh, memory that goes, it's their judgment, their poor judgment, because they're vulnerable. I, I know most people never heard that until I disclosed it on this show. The first thing that goes in an older person is not their memory, it's their judgment. You're 100% right. Number two, when you say con men, <clears throat> there's two things. Con, the confidence they're gaining is from you. But they're also confidence for people. So I've interviewed people like this over the years. Yeah, yeah not, well, of course, con men are charming. Yes. We had one in our family. Everyone loved him. They all wanted to be around him. And they, he, made, he made everybody feel good. That's what a con man does. That's exactly the tools that he brings in his tool bag. Number, but he also has a mental checklist. So, for instance, if he walks into a home and he sees someone who's very together, who's very neat, who has a very active social life and a lot of people around them? He usually runs like the uh, uh, runs like a shadow uh, in the morning. I see. So he looks for those who are broken and, and weak and lonely. Yes, and people that want to believe in something. Unbelievable. And, uh, well, I'm sorry we're out of time, John from Queens, New York. I'm so glad you listened to the show online. Yes. And, so absolutely. God bless. No, thank you, man. You see, we get such great callers on the show, and today we talked about the con men amongst us, left, right, and center. If you missed any of this discussion, which includes a lot of current events and terrible stories, uh, they all kind of hang together by that common thread of the con men amongst us. And the podcast is posted approximately one hour after the show. With God's will and your listenership, I shall return on the airwaves, online, on the podcast. It's all up to God, not up to me. Thanks for listening. Westwood One Podcast Network.